0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two of In The Good Company podcast. What a times we are living in, right? Um, I just want to say two things um, up front. Um, uh, with this first episode of season two of In The Good Company podcast, um, we purposely are not talking, about, talking too much about COVID-19. I just think that there is enough conversation about virus going on and I feel like we are bombarding with the news uh, from everywhere and you know it's important to stay informed and to track the news of course and it's important what's happening but there is a lot of it and I want this uh, podcast uh, to be kind of a breather, to be a moment uh, that, you know, as we are staying in a social distance, uh, we have opportunity to um, think about our world, um, how we live our life, and maybe revisit some rules um, and some paradigms, which I'm personally obsessed about. Uh, and, and think if they still apply, if they still work for us. And uh, I'm so excited with this first episode to um, talk to Dr. Gertrude Lyons. She is uh, a director of uh, family programming at Wright Foundation. And her mission and her work is really focused on redefining mother, uh, mother, motherhood code. What does it mean to be a mother in, a, you know, in the current society? Um, what do we want from motherhood? Um, is it motherhood or mothering? Um, I think a great conversation and great moment for all of us to to kind of revisit some roles and and how we think about things. So I hope everybody is staying healthy in a distance and I wish everybody health and we are going to go through this COVID thing and um, it's just a matter how we are going to go through it. So let's use this time to Talk about some important so- subjects like motherhood. Here is uh, D- Dr. Gertrude Lyons and my conversation with her. Enjoy. Hello, hi, hi, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. Um, I'm so honored to have you here on my podcast in The Good Company. Um, I heard about you um, and about your work uh, from uh, Simply Be Agency and Jessica Zweig. And the more I heard about you and started reading about your work and listening to um, what your your message and your mission you are bringing to the world, I just got so excited and I reached out to... um, to Jessica and the team, and I, and I was like, I have to talk to Dr. Alliance mm-hmm. because um, her mission and what you are doing in the world is just so beautiful and good, and and I would, and I'm so happy to have you here. But. Um, let's just start from the beginning. I always like to kind of introduce my guests and, and let them introduce themselves. So who is Dr. Gertrude Lyons and what do you do? I know you work for um, uh, Wright Foundation. Uh, you are the director of family programs there. Um, I know you actually, I kind of wanted you to talk about that because I know you uh, did your bachelor in finance and ac- accounting and then you did your master in psychology, which is like, 180 degrees opposite. And then you did your doctorate uh, in uh, uh, coaching leadership or that area. So I definitely want you to touch on that. But tell us um, uh, who you are and, and what is your beautiful mission that we definitely are going to touch and talk more about today. Thanks
1: so much, Anya. It's really uh, my distinct honor and privilege to be invited onto your podcast, and thank you for that that lovely introduction. Yeah, and that kind of that covers a, a few of the nuts and bolts, and I can say a little bit about how I went from finance and accounting and economic so analyst to life coach and. <laughs> and uh, a doctorate in transformational leadership and coaching, but I, I really hold broadly that my work is to transform the world one mother at a time. And when I use the word mother, I, it's something we'll talk about later, I use mother in the expanded definition of mother to include all women, because all women mother, whether mm-hmm. we're mothering children, we might also be mothering our careers, our relationships, ideas, dreams, and you know this bigger, broader perspective to see how we all mother everything that we touch, mm-hmm. and that's to uni- you know to unify us as women, but also to empower us with that mother uh, energy and explicitly that that the feminine power that lies within that. It does also include men, uh, so I'm <laughs> not completely excluding them because all humans need to mother themselves. So I always like to make that disclaimer, and yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. If we back up, and you, yeah. Would you like me to say a few words about how I got here? Yes, mm-hmm. I
0: would love to okay. hear that. Especially this transition from finances to psychology, and because that's a big, big, big leap. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Certainly, from the outside, it looks like what, why, and how would you make a big jump like that? But when I go back and look, there are a lot of things, and I think this happens in our lives where you start somewhere, and then other things emerge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I chose a finance and accounting degree because I wanted to make money out of college. You know that at the time I graduated, stable career seven stable career finance definitely seemed like the way to go for that. And I was, you know, I was really going to bust it up on Wall Street. Who knows? You know, but um, I didn't go that avenue. But I did get hired by uh, an economic. His name is Stan Smith, who plays a big role in both of these. So he was an expert economist witness doing expert witness testimony in personal injury and wrongful death cases. Right. So I did all of the preparation and the analysis in that. So we would have that he would then take to deposition and trials to show what the possible to show a jury to show you know those Mm. that were looking at it like what what should this person who was in some sort of wrongful situation what what reward award should they receive but if it was an injury one of the things that we included in that was um a psychological assessment so they got Um, assessed by a psychologist and then yes we're starting to see a connection right so um, we would get this psychological report, and then I would interview the clients uh, based on like what what was their life like now, like you know either the family or in a, well particularly in a in a wrongful in an injury sort of case. So so there's that piece of it. Then at the time that I started working uh, for uh, Dr. Smith, I got engaged to be married,
0: mm-hmm. and when
1: I got engaged to be married in my mid twenties, young. The first thing I came in all excited, you know, just got engaged. And my boss said to me, well, in this tone, well, best thing I can tell you to do is to do premarital counseling. No congratulations, (laughs) nothing. Now context, he was going through the midst of a divorce and a a, a pretty contentious one. So he was not in a happy place about marriage at the moment. So I can forgive him his, you know, lack of enthusiasm for it because it sent my husband and I, you know, and I could cry on a trajectory that has just changed the course of our life. And because we did say yes to that, which is kind of bizarre in so many respects, because I had no connection to counseling or why you would do that. And my husband definitely didn't. But somehow I had this inkling, like, oh, maybe learning about yeah. how to be in relationship and have a marriage is a good idea. And so we did it. And we went and saw Dr. Bob Wright, who is now my boss. So we're going to see a connection, another life, connection here. How <laughs>
0: is always find the circles and way to bring us to what we always, should do. Always, yes. always. Yes. Um,
1: so, you know, long, not a long story short, but A bit of a summary there, you know, we started on a journey as a couple, which then became a journey as individuals in our own personal growth and development, because once we got married and created a vision for that marriage, he said the best thing you can do for your marriage is work on yourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, come to know yourself, come to, you know, do your historical work um you know how to really keep a vision going in a couple and it's work and mm-hmm. we've never stopped we've been we'll be married 30 years in june and yeah. we have always had a coach thank you and and you know the number isn't always meaningful because people say oh so-and-so's been married like 40 50 years but to me i'm always like okay well what's the quality of that relationship yeah. you know what people can hang out together and the, under the same roof and call it a marriage but what it really takes to have a relationship um, that's growing, that's evolving and changing—does it? It's hard, and it takes a lot of work. One of the things I'm most proud of is that we've we've done that. And Believe me, <laughs> yeah, it's been up and down. School. It's not anything remotely perfect. So, <laughs>
0: um. I, yeah, I'm married for ten years now. No, I'm sorry, yeah. eight. We are together for ten, and you know, obviously not compar- comparable to thirty. But um, but I, I, you know, uh, I, I know a little bit here and there. So I I definitely um, uh, understand here. But, okay, so now I understand. Now I see full picture. That's a great, great story and so interesting. So now... You know, and that's why I wanted to have you here because of the work you are doing now, right? In the kind of field of psychology and coaching and um, this idea and this um, kind of a, a different approach to motherhood you, you you are bringing to the table and talking about not motherhood per se, as we understand it in, uh, you know, in a conventional way uh, right now in a society, but as mothering. So this broader idea of you know you are a mother always right um and uh, you can be mother i i like to say we're all mothers we are birth yeah. or earth mothers yes because Absolutely. there's always somebody out there a kid and, and i actually even like your idea more because like you say we can have a passion we can now uh, these women are actually choosing not to have children and pursue their other passions and careers and, and, and dedicate their time and their lives to something else. And I you know personally have several friends, that chose that route. And I always, you know, um, not only because they are amazing human beings, but I always, you know, as a mother, you tend to then group yourself around friends to also have friends and also have kids, et cetera. But I do a special effort to keep in touch with them and keep these friendships going because not only I admire them, but, um also, it's important because they bring different value and different yeah. uh, and different um, uh, kind of uh, view of life to my life. But going back to you, so mothering, right? Um, why, how from psychology, obviously, is it your kids that brought you to that idea, and how you came up and start thinking about this approach of looking at mothering, motherhood through mothering through this br- brother, um, uh, kind of description. Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks, Anya. Yeah. So that's, has been a lifetime journey as well. Right? <laughs> so it, it didn't, you know, I didn't set out, Oh, I'm going to now, you know, yeah, my, my mission is to expand mothering. Um, you know, I was someone who was wired to, and always felt like I'm going to have kids and, so okay. I knew that was going to be part of my life and and probably even more so than, am I going to have a career? Now, I'll talk about later and what I coach and support other women to look at, like, where did that come from? You know, and just even that initial, like, you know, we'll, we'll say as women, like, I know I want to have kids or I know I don't want to have kids. Well, how, how, you know, and to start this journey of of mothering, to be discerning. Now, I wasn't there then, I, mm-hmm. I really was just, okay, I'm going to mother children, and that's, you know, another journey I talk about a lot in uh, the work I do, but, um, so my husband and I, we were doing our personal work, we decided to start a family, and we wanted to do it as consciously as possible, and, and really, you know, keep doing our work as we raise children, so that's how we start out. started out. I worked with my first child, still working for Dr. Smith. And then when I had a second child, I'm like, I really wanted to try this stay-at-home mom paradigm and didn't really discern that decision real well. It was just something I was determined to do. So that's when I decided uh, about a year into that, after doing my own personal work, that that was the avenue I wanted to shift to, was mm-hmm. coaching in some form. Um, and go in that direction. So after my second child was born, um, that's when I went back to school
0: Mm -hmm. for
1: my first master's degree in psychology. So let's get the academics behind this experiential work I was doing, but now I'm raising a family. So why not, why not combine them? So I'll, I'll focus on the maximizing the potential in families in, I didn't, wasn't calling a mothering quite yet then, but maximizing the potential in couples and families. So that was the focus of my first master's. So then I started, and then I shifted, and what started as kind of something to do while I was in school, which was coaching at the Wright Foundation has now, as you know, I'm still there, uh, has became my, my profession and passion. But in the midst of that, uh, there were some things that happened. So this intention to keep digging into my own work uh, after I had my second child became, and I I wasn't conscious of this so much, but became really challenging and threatening. And, you know, while I was studying this and I had this awareness of how powerful it could be and even had some experiences of it, it became more and more scary to me to do something beyond just raising my children and I wanted to raise them consciously. And, and I, I turned, I shifted in a couple ways. I shifted to doing a good job as a parent and losing myself in my children. Mm-hmm. Now mind you at the same time on the outside, I was coaching couples and families. I was the director of our parenting program. How to
0: full live, how to. Yes. And. why? While- yeah. hmm
1: but I was doing it all for them. And I started leaving more and more myself out of the equation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, that went on through the course of raising my raising our daughters. And it wasn't really until one of them was in college and one was in high school that I had what I consider a, a spiritual kind of a jolt or awakening on one of our Dr. Judith Wright, who I also work for, leads pilgrimages to sacred sites. And we go something my husband and I do every year. Very powerful in our lives, and on this particular one, uh, I really woke up to the fact of looking back and saying, "Oh my gosh, I really did lose myself." Here I am, you know, out there as an expert in this for women, but I, I'm not fully doing it. And I just, you know, tears and pain of regret and remorse of what could have been if I added and had kept going with that element. Um, So I realized at that moment there was a next phase or level of my own transformation that I was being called upon. Mm -hmm. And I had finished my master's degree through the Wright Foundation. We are now Wright Graduate University. And I got my master's in transformational leadership and coaching. Didn't really have an intention fully to do the doctorate. But when this hit me like it did, I said, well, this doesn't have to go to waste. I don't have to just feel bad about it. I can actually turn this into something both for my transformation but also for other women and why don't I really dig into this topic and you know make it my mission to raise other women's awareness for this transformational opportunity in mothering and that's Mm -hmm. you know from the start of my doctorate what my focus was and I'll tell you it was it was like this is where I really got personally how we don't just conceive create and give birth to children we do it in a lot of ways because this felt very much uh, a parallel experience for myself and i i I call it my third child
0: (laughs) yes and then you know what a beautiful story i have to say you know i watched uh, um, several of your talks and and Mm -hmm. read about you and, and heard that story um um, of yours and I was like it's just so amazing that you are sharing it I actually I am in the midst of it I have a young kids like young girls and um, you know uh, my uh, how uh, how I was raised and how my mother uh, uh, raised us and, and le- uh, how she was living her life was totally different what I want to do. Uh, specifically also for my girls, and uh, kind of your story um, hit home so close to me, and um, and I think to so many women right now, and it's the most important job to share that knowledge uh, and kind of empower each other and normalize certain um. Uh, new social behaviors or uh, trends or paradigms of, yeah. you know, not only being a mother and uh, losing yourself in it, but being a mother and pursuing your dreams and pursuing your career and pursuing yourself uh, or not having a kid and pursuing whatever you want. That's beautiful and that's normal too. And you are still mothering something else so i I, again you know it's in the good company podcast it's all about people who are through their work and business and whatever they do uh, really change the world for better and i truly believe you do that with those conversations and this openness and sharing your story and and your work and mission so Let's get deeper into this. So, mothering. So, okay, like you, are, you got awakened, and and I am awakened, and I try my best. You know, motherhood is really, you know, demanding job, and I don't want to like you do it halfway. Half, you know, I want to be conscious about it. I want to give the most uh, to my kids I can but I also have myself and I want to pursue these things that I have in mind and, uh, and I want from life so what do you think is the trick there like, like what personally I can do um, and all of us you know to who have the same idea and and, and vision of life uh, how we can manage it all, like how is there is? I, I don't believe there is a balance, but what do you think is important? Like the most important things, in your opinion.
1: Well, th- there's a lot to that. Uh, uh,
0: but, no. but, but, <laughs> so
1: A little. That's okay. I know. Of course. No, no, no. I'd love to. I, I, I when you say that, like you know, twenty five things come to mind. But you know, you end it with what's the most important, and. I, I I think where I would start with that is, you know, women understanding that motherhood that we're in the midst of our of a cultural context, and you know, we're we're plopped here in you know 2020, and we have all around us. You mentioned your upbringing. Um, I'm going to also mention our our culture. All of these, and you said, I want to do it differently than my mom. So this journey to really look at like how our history and what brought us to this point in mothering now, both personally and culturally, you know, and to understand that how we're doing it right now has, it's way pluses and minuses, right? And Mm -hmm. if I explore that, um, I'm gonna uncover. And I think if there was one thing women could do is to really explore and see what, what are the myths in our culture? around motherhood. What are some of our mistaken beliefs? And it's it's interesting to see how we got here. You know, that could be part of your journey as well. But um, so interesting to see, but I think imperative to see both, how did I get to here? What got wired in me in all of my mm-hmm. early programming about mothering, about myself? Um, when we say things like, I wanna do it differently than my mom, you know, one of the things we're saying there is, uh, it's a reactive vision. Right. It's going to be not clear.
0: Yeah. I I, I don't say it in the priority. Meaning and way, um, I just feel like I just wanted something different. I think in her time, with her situation, and her needs and wants, and her social environment, like you're saying, the world she was living in, that's what was expected, and that's what was embedded. And probably, you know, we're not that awakened as a society, and there wasn't a pressure from outside society to perform to um, to have a career. So I didn't. I don't want it to sound. No, uh, I'm sorry uh, if I made it sound. No, no, no. no, no. I think I did. (laughs) 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 I just. I just want to do it my you way, know, if, you know, that if, fits if that mom is
1: listening. Yes, exactly. Like your way and how do I discover that? But if I don't yes. dissect, you know, what did, what were things that, that went on in my upbringing that I like and want to keep, uh, but I'm going to choose that consciously. And what are some things that like, I want to do differently, you know, and, um, and as I'm doing that process to, you know, there might be places of healing. There might be places, you know, for me to be aware You know what my upbringing was because it's going to come into my mothering in some way or another so this awareness right so we're um when we've come armed with as much of that as awareness as we can when we're in the midst of it we can really do this beautiful thing that that we call like growing up with our children you know that we get to learn yes exactly (laughs) it's never you know it's never too late to have a happy childhood and i'm not you know that doesn't mean there weren't happy moments but um but we can when we can recognize triggers in our children or if we don't have children in in our careers and our work those are places for us to they're they're blocking us from the caring from the, the full mothering we can do but they're they're signals for us to do some historical healing you know some work maybe there was trauma maybe there were you know things that that, that these chaotic moments are bringing to light for us and i think that's just a name happening right now big time with what's going on, you know, in our culture right now with, with, uh, the coronavirus, you know, to name. So yes. it's, it's heightened, you know, many, many times. Um, but when we see it, when we, when we, and then if we're willing to look at some of what I consider myths, I identified 14 of them when I was doing my doctoral work, but I'm discovering more. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, if it's okay with you, I'll name a couple of them just to, yeah, to kind of get us great. Mm-hmm. about it. Because in our context, and I, I think one of the biggest ones that is pervasive in our mothering and particularly right now is that somehow um, there's a, we're supposed to know and there's a right way to mother. And I should innately know what that is. And and if I'm and I'm going to have lots of outside opinions telling me if I am or I'm not doing that. So it's it's a it's such a big myth and does such a disservice to women to think that there's some right way, to think of mothering as um, this job, like our job or like school, it just sets us up for failure and disaster. Because, go ahead.
0: No, I just, it's such a, also the disservice to a child. I, t- I think about mm. it a lot that, you know, we are expecting to have these rules. Don't do that, uh, you know, m- 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 kind of treat your kid this way. Don't speak this way. But it's just such a personal connection and a personal relationship. And I am the only person I believe um, as a mother intuitively that understand my child more than anybody else you know, and, and forcing us any mother to, to, you know, to put these rules that things should be this or this way is, it's not only to your point, the service to, to myself, but, but what are the service to a child? Because, you know, there's no two ch- the same children. Like I have two girls and they are literally, um, 180 opposites. Like I thought with the first child, I'm like, okay, I think I get this motherhood thing. And then I got my second daughter and she is just not only they are like blonde and brunette and I like hot, I like cold, but everything is different. So even that situation brought to what you are saying, such a great point that those rules, how things should be done are not the same for all of us, right? Mm-hmm
1: no and no expert can fully tell us i mean we can learn things there have been studies yeah Yeah, i mean there are you know there's some beautiful things out there but if we're hearing all that or listening or reading about those things through the context of someone's going to give me the answer and i'm going to suddenly feel good about myself because i'm doing it right and i'm doing it this way and we'll we'll never we'll never have that because you know this this job is always changing it's always evolving and it's really not our job to do it right. It's our literal job is to provide, <clears throat> excuse me, is to provide, you know, a nurturing environment. Um, there's an author I always love to, to share about, Alison Gopnik, wrote a book, The Carpenter and the Gardener. And uh-huh. to see mothering and parenting as gardeners versus carpenters. And carpenters is when we like feel like we have to do it right and we're going to carve this image and it, awesome. that image is going to be much, you know, precise and reflective, and it's going to get judged, and it's a reflection of me versus a garden, which, as you were saying, I don't know, you know, it, I can plant seeds, I can water yeah. it, I can provide nourishment and sunshine, but there's, you know, there's also manure needed, and and it's messy and it's it's uncomfortable and. Weeds are going to grow, and I can help pluck those. But it's it has a design of its own in mind, and it's really my job to nurture it rather than make some particular form that I think is going to make me feel good. But uh, you know, ultimately, it's not as you
0: said, not a it's it's not a service to the child or the things yeah. we're caring about. what a great metaphor! I'm going to definitely steal it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I I do highly recommend her book. She another thing that she talks about is how. And it relates to this so perfectly. Is we've it, uh, parenting, mothering, it, we've it, it didn't become a verb or a uh-huh. job like that didn't even exist as a as a word until about the 1950s. Yeah, and you know, and since then it really became even more pronounced in the 70s. When I don't know if you've you know come across words like intensive mothering and the good mother and this this notion that we're supposed to not just do it right, but there that um, that they're that we're supposed to devote our full selves to this this job of mothering. Yeah. That's where all of our energy is supposed to go and if we're not doing that we're bad then we're bad. Then are yes. there's bad moms, good moms and it yeah. just isn't that way and it's it's we're we're going to have to I think we'll we'll figure it out after we realize that's not working.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think and we're seeing the fun- results fun- of it like that you know i think the the change comes from you know initial conversations and and the work and and the the talks you are doing and and bringing the subject to to light and talking about it openly you know and consciously um about about motherhood um that's actually great segue to another question i had to you or you want to talk about some other myths (laughs) because they are probably there's there's a lot of them um i am going to be talking about more of them I do have a
1: a podcast tomorrow night on mothering ourselves through these trying times. So we'll be covering more of the myths, but I'll name that one and we don't have to go into it extensively because, uh, but I think to name it particularly at at this time is, you know, also to be a good mother means I must put the needs of my children, my spouse, my career, uh, first, and I come maybe somewhere on the list, but definitely at the bottom and putting the needs of others first makes me a good mother and makes me a good woman, you know, or person. And that's, you know, another one of just the, the hugest myths that I want to, because in this expanded definition of mothering, really the most important person we need to mother is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because once yeah. we do that, you know, we're, 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 we're more emotionally available. We're there. We're present. You know, this idea mm-hmm. of presence is huge. Um, as far as fulfillment and and satisfaction in this chaotic uh, endeavor of of mothering. (laughs) You know, to have have some moments of presence is really the gift, the, the, the main gift. And we get that, that's not, our children aren't gonna give us that, we're gonna give that to ourselves
0: yes and it's you know it's and it's such an important element that you are bringing up and i it took me really a last year to not have an internal guilt and set aside an hour in the morning or at night and i asked my husband i have an amazing and i'm very lucky with my supportive husband and partner in all of it who, who wants to be a hands, hands-on dad so that's much easier for me but to just rec- like Ask for this hour that I needed for myself, for meditation, for journaling, for reading something, because then I observe that then I'm calmer, then I am I'm a better mother, you know. If mm. I give this hour to myself, and but the journey there to ask for it and to not feel even ask have it and not feel internal guilt, it was months for me, months for rework really mm. and and being like kind of switching this paradigms even internally within me um uh, so it's a very uh, i feel like a very interesting uh, myth and, and that we all have to work through and 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 um kind of um get rid of there yeah but but also you know previously what you said kind of segue to another thing because I think it's so important and you brought it already twice to this work as a couple within a marriage on each other, as a mother, to work on yourself as you go because the kids may trigger things on you or just you know to work on yourself uh, to grow um, and expand yourself. But what do you think, I'm lately thinking a lot about society overall, and you know, I want to have a career, and I go to these companies, but I feel like this whole world is, start, is stuck in fifties. I talk to my friends a lot about it. I'm obsessed about this subject because everything changed, but the school, uh, the schools are now right. Like, um, okay, so now we have a spring break. So take your kids. And um, the, at work, at the companies, um, uh, everybody is like, okay, there's a spring break, but we are still doing business as usual. And then the parents get all this um uh, responsibility which is fine but nobody steps in to kind of help in the situation because it used to be that the woman was at home and when there was a spring break uh, men was working and woman was taking of the kids uh, taking care of the kids right uh, and now it's it's everything changed but that that part <laughs> you know that system stays the same what do you think are important like how can we change it is there like any way we can um, we can affect that and start changing it, not only from our perspective, but you know, obviously, when you are in the leadership position, it's much easier. But what if you are not? Like, what what what, what are your thoughts about that? To to change this myth and and the situation from the perspective of of business of of society overall? Yeah,
1: you know, that's it's it brings up such potent um, you know issues, Anya, because there's. Well, we'll I'll, I'll name some of the like cultural things that we need to do in society, but then you know, how do I deal with this on a on a day-to-day basis? But yes, yes. do I do I think, and there are some cultures definitely doing this better with with offering you know um, so much more possibilities to have you know your work life and your your family life integrated, and you know, are much more amenable to that. And I think we're. In our U.S. Western culture, is way lagging on um, yeah. making it you know easy. So you know anywhere where we can have, there are places where there's advocacy for policy changes and all of that. All of that, I think, is you know worthwhile work and you know worthy of of having it. You know, and if you're someone who's working in a company and it's something you know you want to bring to the table, uh, I say. You know, go for it and and but when i so even even taking on that, even taking on you know shifting a culture in a corporate environment or a work environment, I would still want that to be connected to a personal vision, and how how is me you you mentioned this when you said just asking for that hour from my husband took a lot of, of my own personal growth, right? It took me being able to act to feel entitled to feel worthwhile, to feel like, you know, what I'm asking for, for myself, that I'm entitled to it and that I deserve it um, for myself personally. Sometimes it's easier to advocate for others than it is for ourselves. So that so I'm you're aware saying, like, that we
0: ask asking and ask ch- asking for that change, right? That's a, such a great point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That us even just asking for that change or deciding to take on you know, having it how I want it, you know, so how would I want, how would I want this work culture to be? I would like, you know, to be able to set a boundary and take some time off and really, you know, shift. Cause you know, if I can show that taking that time away is going to make me a better employee, which I really believe it does, you yeah. know, to have some focused time away, we can't be so consumed with any of, any of these jobs that we have. Right. So, but if I'm gonna go in and advocate for that and and that I want it to feel like it's it's tied to a vision I have for my development, you know, sometimes doing things for our kids and family lead us in that direction. But if I say, and I'm doing this, you know, so for my kids or my husband or my family, and leave, again, I might leave myself out, right? But yeah. look at all these things that I had to do to make that happen. And that were, I had to break so many beliefs about what I could do or what was possible um, to do that that those are the kinds of things as, you know, when we're in the throes of, of motherhood, that when we get toward the end and we look back that those are the things we can say, wow, I, I really took on transforming myself, you know, yeah. in my motherhood in, in just that example. So, yeah. you know, identifying things that, that you want different and then decide am I going to go for it or not? Or how, how am I going to, because we don't want to be victims to it. We don't want to feel sorry for ourselves. So, how, what am I willing to do to get, to get it and have it be how I want it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, such a good point to kind of, again, to previ- our uh, previous part that, and talking about um, how do I want to be a mother? How do I want to be a working mother and how I want that, uh, mm, that part of my life to look like, to look like. And I, I was actually just thinking now that um, I recently took a contract with, um, uh, with, with, a great company. I really wanted this contract. And, but when I asked, when we're talking about conditions uh, uh, um, of the contract, I said that I have to leave by five thirty. I have two little girls that I have to pick up. And that's something that I cannot compromise. And it was like that. It wasn't a problem at all. And Isn't that I amazing? Was, Sometimes yeah. we surprise it. We
1: think, yeah. Yes. I love and, that. And I was
0: it's, super I, scared to ask for it, but everybody was on board and throughout, you know, six months I was, um, I was there, everybody, you know, that was a part of how, um, how I worked and I was available later. Um, but, but to your point, it's sometimes just simply asking for um, how we want it to look like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Motherhood, sisterhood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's say in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of briefly uh, touched on that to kind of, you know, as a as a mothers, mother, women that are mothering, how we can support each other. And, and like I said, we we briefly you know touched on it uh, when we talked about kind of allowing allowing yourself ourselves to mother the way we want, but how we how we can support each other. Um, as as mothers, uh, mothering women um, between each other, you know. I think um, I think there's a big expectation still to mother a certain way. We as a mother are sometimes very judgmental. Um, I try not to be. I really do my best. I, I, I because I strongly believe that each kid is different and, and each child is needs different things. I never you know, I only judge when I'm judged. Oh, that's what I do. But, but I feel like there is that judgment a little bit. So what do you think we as a, as a woman tribe and, and, uh, we, we can do for each other, um, to, to kind of be less, maybe judgmental to, to let our, let ourselves and let everybody mother their way and, and, um, or, or, or yeah, mother their way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that uh, you brought
0: another up. Yeah, you brought up another another great subject, um,
1: but also identified another one of the myths that I name Anya. Perfect. Which is yes, um, and the myth is that when when I have a child, I I will immediately be inducted into this loving supportive tribe or club of women that are going to provide me this just amazing support. Yeah. And well, uh, that is possible. And like you said, you've found some people that that are that way yes. it's it's not the norm yeah. to be honest and yeah. uh sadly it's something that I think is one of the biggest things we need to work on as women but and and it's cultural you know we're, we're not living in a culture where shared communities where we're all you know co-parenting in, in some ways and there was you know and it also uh, you know, wasn't the job that it is now. So what i touched on earlier, I think has lent itself is we're supposed to do it a right way. And if there's uh, it's a job that we're going to get judged on that has turned mothering into a competitive sport. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and the problem with women is we're raised, we're not raised to be overt with our competition. You know, men are more so, but women it's, we're supposed to be nice to each other, but so it it kind of leaks out in ways i i had an example the first time i encountered this when my daughter was born and i was having trouble nursing like we were uh-huh. just not not this that was another thing that was i thought would just come naturally and it's going to be this beautiful thing nope not happening and we were really struggling and you know that i got some beautiful support but also you know it was sometimes it was guised in the oh gosh you know I just have, you know, these earth mothers who are just gushing milk from their breasts, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, sharing with me how, you know, well, their problem is they have so much milk, they don't know what to do with it. Now, if I were totally sure of myself, I wasn't feeling so insecure, I'd be like, oh gosh, good for you, you know, not, not my experience, but I hear that as like, oh gosh, I'm not providing, I'm not enough, yeah. you know, this, this isn't a really supportive thing that that's happening here. So it's, I think the competition is born out of our insecurity and our vulnerability as, as moms and new moms and this desire to do it well and right. Um, And social media adds its own whole element of constantly, you know, posting and putting all the like lovely things that are happening and the beautiful things not showing, The 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 times that we're yelling at our child and, you know, doing the thing we never said we would do and, you know, the breakdowns and the challenge and telling the truth about this, the tough stuff and our struggle that, you know, we really, I I think it's possible. But we really need to to, to decide that we're all on one team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned the women who don't, you know, have children, but, you know, that's another place that can often divide us. So you know, bringing us all in together and honoring all of our experiences. And I think it takes what we talked about earlier, this deeper work of knowing ourselves and building a strong sense of self so that I can be there in in the face of judgment, in the face of the criticisms to, to, to hear that, to to feel the feeling I have when I'm judged, you know, someone puts a criticism out whether directly or indirectly, ouch that hurt Um, and then I can respond responsibly and I can, you know, either engage in a conversation, but I can look inside myself to see like, what, what does that trigger for me and where do I hurt? And it too can provide fodder for my own development. Like Mm -hmm. none of that's wasted, but I, I have to have the awareness to go inside and sort that through. And Mm -hmm. I think as we do that, as we see, we're all insecure, you know, as we see that we're all, you know, struggling and, and. And, and humor, you know, goes a long way, but that we can, I think we can get an, on each other's side. And I really think yeah. we can become, because we need each other, you know, we need to honor this aspect of femininity and what we're doing and our struggles. So, cause our, our power and our force is so needed in our world today. We we have to get, we
0: have to band together and get on the same oh. team. Oh yes, I could, I could not agree more. And then, um, you know, I love what you say to kind of stop and 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 think about your reaction if if something comes up in a conversation with other mother, uh, a different mom or um, uh, or something that uh, that is brought up that triggers you. but I also, you know, I have a friend who just recently um, Gave birth, and uh, I just started thinking how what an important part of, of on my side is how I bring things in. So I I literally force myself each time I give an advice or want to say something how I raise my child to add. Um, we all do it differently. There are many ways to you know, and and each kid needs different things uh, uh, from their mother, uh, from their mom, which we talked about and you have your intuition and you will make the, this decision but i may i did it this way i literally stopped myself and in some version of that i try to incorporate and 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 i see that that our conversations are totally different than you know previously i have and and it wasn't just on that matter it's also how i approach the conversation yes. that was my fault too because to your point maybe i didn't stop and i didn't not react you know, from the calm place, but I got triggered and, and, um, competitive or whatnot. So, um, so also how we, how we bring, um, and, and exchange the knowledge we have, which is so, so important. Um, it's important too.
1: beautiful. Yeah.
0: Think. Oh my god we could probably talk forever about this subject. <laughs> I would I, love to. Yes. I know right. I cannot express my gratitude and and you know mm-hmm. for the work you're doing and and the conversations you are having and you know so we we are consciously observing how we live uh, our life especially as a mothers as a women mothers and and women who are mothering right. Uh, so again, thank you for that. But I always, uh, one more question. <laughs> Absolutely. Ask, uh, two more questions. I was like, uh, I always uh-huh. ask my, uh, my guests cause you know, we, uh, I feel like sharing is the sharing knowledge and, and, um, it, it's so important. So I always like to ask what, what are the books? So you mentioned one, which I, we are going to, I'm going to link in, um, in, in the notes for this episode but is there is any other books or podcasts or um, um you know anything else that uh, that you really think it's important in work you're doing you're doing as a as a coach as a director of uh, of family programs at right foundation you know doing your uh, business um anything that, that any gadget technological gadget anything <laughs> that you can Share and and kind of um, with us, uh, uh, and you think it's great and helpful.
1: Sure. Um, well, there, first off, there's a few books that come to mind that I, when people ask, are oh. at the top of my list. In addition to Alison Gopnik's, um, is Dan Siegel's Parenting from the Inside Out. He oh. has more books, but starting with Parenting from the Inside Out because he looks at Um, the neuroscience and you know because we're we're kind of asked as mothers or parents to a lot of these experts say you know create this bond and attach to your child and do all these things but if we didn't get that in our own upbringing how are we supposed to give it to our children when we don't know how to do it Um, but he talks a lot about what we've been talking about about doing your internal work and the the impact that that can have another one for um, parents a little bit down the line is children the challenge by Rudolf Dreikers, and I love that book because he um, was the forerunner of Alfred Adler, who really started the whole movement of giving parents and families education to support them, but in in really grounded, beautiful ways. I also think you know, in addition to loving and mothering yourself, um, if you are in a relationship, but but these. You know, transcend even a marriage or partnership are two books that I recommend. One is authored by my bosses dr. Doctors Bob and Judith Wright, and it's called uh-huh. Heart of the Fight. And it is it's my one of my favorite books of theirs because it really outlines, you know that that conflict and arguing is is not a bad thing and where it can take us and gives us rules for engagement that are really powerful. And they apply, they're very generalizable. The other one that I think is is really beautiful too, around making deeper connection and intimacy with ourselves and others, is called "Passionate Marriage" by David Schnarch. I always I don't know if I'm saying his name right, Snarch. <laughs> um,
0: oh, that's okay with me. Pas- nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: passionate, passionate marriage. Yeah. Uh, And then at at the Wright Foundation, gosh, we have such an array and myriad of things that I'd love to share with people. And particularly right now, we're offering a ton of of, um, free webinars and things, you know, poignant work to to take our personal work and really, you know, dig into it during this time for ourselves. Um, And that you can find at... um, our website one of our websites called SEI Social Emotional Intelligence but SEIEvents.com will give you a huge list of those. As I said, I'm I'm doing a, a webinar tomorrow night. Perfect. Which I'm That's what my next
0: is. Look at yes. Should I just go right into you? that? Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. What are you doing? All right. It's so you just can... so interesting and such important work. So share with us whoever can we find you what are yeah. you doing in
1: special events. Absolutely. So uh, you can find me and everything on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. So very simple. Uh, Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. Also my website, which is DrGertrudeLyons.com. Making that easy. But the webinar is, it's called Mothering Yourself During These Trying Times. And it's going to go a little deeper and, and touch on a lot of what we talked about today And, you know, but come together as a community to share and with some of this knowledge and have some interaction in that regard. Um, I'm planning on doing more of them. You know, I do coaching, obviously, in this arena and talks and all all of our talks have become virtual at the moment, uh, which is is has been both scary and exciting, you know, to, to go into these into these new arenas. So that is I think that gives you some of the, the basic ways to come that's play. Right. And, and, you know, it's it seems like, you know, one of the last things we think we have time for is to focus on ourselves. But any amount of time that we can put toward, you know, looking inward, um, looking at what's going on for us emotionally and psychologically and, and to take advantage of that in this time and really yeah. have something that's going to come out on the other side of us having uh, some some of our own development through this, yes. as opposed to just one of the things I'll touch on is not just, you know, yes, we need to survive this, but can we have moments of thriving in it? And I think yeah. we can.
0: Yeah, definitely. I honestly, I purposely didn't bring uh, the whole uh, value, uh, uh, um, corona subject yeah. initially because I feel like, you know, it's everywhere we go right now. And I wanted um, this episode to be really... A break and and kind of education and and so we can look inward and 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 um take this time to look at certain myths and paradigms and especially the ones that are um are touching on motherhood and mothering because it's it's such yeah. an important job to raise another generation of human being that, that there's really no other more important one so so i just nice. want to thank Great. you so much again for um for me being my guest today but especially for all the work you do and, and this in and such an incredibly important conversation you are having um, about changing paradigm how we are looking at mother mothering and, and what we as a woman want from life and, and just allowing for that by telling your story and, and empowering other women thank you so much Dr. Lyon thank you thank, a thank you pleasure. so much I think it's great it like <laughs> a blessing in my day thanks for listening i hope you enjoy my conversation with dr gertrude lyons and and uh, really um change your kind of point of view what mother motherhood and mothering uh, really is um i think it's all about that to kind of revisit some of the rules we live uh, uh, live uh by and and um change them according to what we need now what how the society changes and and um and what we need to live better and fuller and more joyful life Uh, it's all about that i'll talk to you soon stay healthy